everyone. Let's talk about something that happened 11 years ago. A movie happened. A big movie happened. A cool, new, original, and unique kind of movie happened. Strong statements both ways have been made about it. Some people sing its praises and others are saying that it was not worth the hype. Did it change the movie industry forever? Was it too weird and out there? What movie am I even talking about? Well, I'm talking about Avatar. No, not The Last Airbender, which I've heard is an amazing, outstanding TV show, by the way. I do plan on watching it. But the 2011 film starring Zoe Saldana and Sam Worthington, directed by James Cameron. It also used the papyrus font in the design of its movie title. Oh, and it was also the highest grossing movie of all time, with a smash at the box office making $2.79 billion worldwide dollars. That was until Marvel's Endgame. Walt Disney World spent an estimated approximate amount of $500 million to create a spectacular Pandora-themed land in their Animal Kingdom theme park that, in my opinion, has the best attraction Disney World has to offer called Flight of Passage that still puts up one of the highest wait times in Disney World. There are already multiple sequels that have evidently been in the works and are taking entirely too long. But I get it. These are very ambitious films. I've been pretty excited about them, so every time they get delayed, I feel pretty disappointed. And even after being one of the highest grossing films of all time, people can't seem to still name a character in it. But regardless, it's undeniable that this film made an impact. Some loved it. Some hate it. I don't feel like there was much of an in-between. So to kind of demonstrate these split opinions, I did pick out a few reviews from both sides to read. First one, thank you Clayton Davis for the first glowing review. In his words, not mine, he fanboyed. In essence, loosely quoting, this is what he said. I haven't had the jitters after a film the way that I had for Avatar in quite some time. James Cameron's Avatar is the most entertaining and enthralling cinematic experience of my life. It's incredible, simply put. What Cameron has done here is the most passionate film project put out there since Steven Spielberg released Schindler's List. His attention to detail and his zeal for pushing the envelope is so admirable to any filmmaker or actor who will ever do another film from this point on. He praised the incredible acting, saying that all the performances really understood the story and that they nailed the acting despite some of the main characters, Australian accent, and some of Cameron's cheesy lines that I assume he is referencing in some of the more cliché things that inevitably happen in the film. Other than those visuals, the film pops and all other technical aspects thrown into one. The art direction is killer and the two worlds blend perfectly. The film editing is a crowning achievement of this film, as it also offers the perfect blend of the two worlds, exciting the viewer and shifting us around. He praises the cinematography, sound team, and movie score, saying that it was Oscar-worthy. He says a lot more passionate stuff and ends it off by saying, Avatar is one of the best films of the year. The most exciting, thrilling, and superb work you will feast your eyes on in any theater this century. Cinema forever will remember the benchmark that James Cameron placed not only for himself, but for any man daring to change the game the way that Cameron did. Avatar is a movie experience to remember. So he did, yes, fanboy, quite a bit. Um, but now the other guy. This guy did not fanboy. Tom Skull, thank you for your review. He said, I have never been so close to leaving a movie theater as when I was seeing Avatar. Sure, it's very beautiful to look at. But if you've seen the trailer, then you've seen the movie. It's basically every movie cliche put together in one horrible and unoriginal movie. 
It's a mix of The Last Samurai meets Pocahontas meets Atlantis, and it's by far the most horrible storyline since Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space. He goes on to say, Not once are you surprised by the turn of events in this movie, and there are so many bad movie cliches in it, and so many things that just don't make any sense at all, even their universe. For example, the last fight scene with the giant robot and the Avatar. It really doesn't make any sense at all that the robot is carrying an 8-foot-1 hunting knife just in case he loses his gun, which could easily have been attached to the robot, and that the robot tells the Avatar what he's about to do instead of just doing it. A good example of a bad cliché. If you want to see the movie, I recommend you either see the trailer, and that's enough for you to literally call every scene in the movie, or go out and buy Atlantis and just imagine it with Smurfs instead of underwater people. So that guy clearly did not like it. Next one. Bart Mancuso said, simply, this movie made me feel blue. That was pretty punny. Back to a good review. A.O. Scott said that I had the feeling coming out of this movie that I haven't felt since maybe I was 11 years old in 1977 and I saw Star Wars for the first time. That's a high praise. And the most neutral one that I found, David Harris, Avatar entertained me for nearly three hours and I left the theater satisfied even if my critic's spidey sense tingled at some of the cliches in formulatic filmisms. Formulatic, is that a word? And those are the reviews. There are, you know, the glowing, crazy fanboy review, the I hated it review, the neutral reviews. You know, personally, I think I side with the neutral review. I did actually really like this movie, but I do understand that it did have some cliches in it. Other than that... Even though Spider-Man is my favorite hero, I hate the term Spidey Sense. It's mildly uncomfortable, and the term Peter Tingle from Far From Home was actually really uncomfortable. But back to Avatar, there were evidently mixed reviews, but ultimately the good does outweigh the bad. It has a 7.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb, and then an 82% across the board on Rotten Tomatoes and its audience score. Were there Pocahontas vibes in it? Yeah. Were there a few predictable aspects in the story? Yeah, but in my opinion, the passion and originality put into this film was undeniable. James Cameron did what he does best, which is pushing the visual envelope and doing so with a story that has it all. Romance, action, an in-depth story and plot, character development, and he truly takes us on a cinematic journey. I've never really thought it was fair to refer to it as a fancy Pocahontas, and while I do see the similar themes, there is so much more complexity to this film. Nothing against Pocahontas. Truthfully, I absolutely love Pocahontas, but Avatar has more going on in it than the overconfident and underwear military guy meeting a native and learns to respect their land and its people and falls in love with her. So it is safe to say, I side with the positive reviews. I thought the movie was quite amazing, and I do understand people's reservations to it. The movie's really weird. It's out there. It's long. It's not exactly unpredictable, but I really do feel like watching the movie was a visual, exciting, and immersive experience, and aside from the slow beginning that was necessary for setup and world building, it had great pacing, action, and characters. So we know that I liked it, and we know that a lot of other people liked it, we know some people didn't, but the series isn't over yet. Now James Cameron has signed on with Fox to produce four sequels. Now, we've been waiting for the second installment for about 11 years now, and it's been delayed multiple times. At this rate, the fourth one's going to come out, and I'll be like 50 years old. Here's to hoping that doesn't happen. 
Also, I don't know if Disney's recent acquisition of 21st Century Fox affects these production plans. I assume the plans won't change, but we never know. As of now, the current plan is for the second and third installment to come out in December of 2021 and 2023, respectively. The following installments are planned for December of 2025 and 2027, respectively. And now I've learned not to put my trust in the plans that are given for the dates of Avatar, because Avatar 2 was pushed multiple times and I've just learned to not trust it. But I do at this point believe that the next one will actually come out in 2021 since I have started to see promotional things for it. There are tweets from the Avatar Twitter account. And it's super exciting even though 2021 feels far away. However, time can move fast these days, so we will make it. It's just one year away. It's not like when I was a kid when a $20 bill was a fortune and a year felt much longer. Regardless of the waiting, I'm super excited. Lots of the cast is expected to return for the sequels. We have 10 years of technological advances that will probably make the new films look even crazier. Given that I thought the visuals were already great, I'm eager to see what's in store. I hear there's a lot of underwater work and that we'll see a new side to Pandora, so I think that's going to be really interesting. Also, I may be way off, but I feel like I read somewhere that James Cameron is aspiring to shoot a movie in 3D and that we wouldn't have to wear glasses to see a 3D movie. I don't know, that might be way off base and actually impossible. If anyone can take that on, it's Cameron, but also take that with a massive grain of salt. Only time will tell, and I'm super excited for it. Anyway, that's all I have about Avatar. Thanks for listening. Thank you for nerding out with me. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I am going to start a new thing where I do the last episode, Mrs. Comments and Other Stuff. Last episode, I talked about live actions and a few misses that I did have. I did not include Maleficent in my last live action list for the last episode, which was probably a pretty big one to miss since it got another installment, it has a sequel, it had a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, didn't really perform as well on Rotten Tomatoes, an audience score with 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, 70% audience rating, and it made almost $192 million. But it was a pretty big one to miss. Some might, it's not as live action as the other one. It definitely took more creative liberties than some of the other ones. But it probably was a big one to not have on the list. Also, there were technically four live actions in 2019. If you include the Disney Plus Lady and the Tramp, I kept saying there were three, which there were actually only three major motion picture live actions. But technically, there were four. So even more than I thought. Perhaps one of the more original, kind of different live-action movies that I didn't mention was Enchanted by Amy Adams. Some consider this to be a live-action. I would say that's a bit of a gray area, but I like the movie, and it was original rather than a remake. And I didn't mention it. And lastly, I do know that all live-actions are not made by Disney. Red Riding Hood was Warner Bros. Netflix has a not-so-well-known live-action version of Little Mermaid which I actually surprisingly really liked. I did include a bit about the question as to whether Disney's originality is coming into question or not, which I definitely plan on tackling in a a future episode. But I do know and realize that a lot of live actions there have been that aren't exactly Disney, even though most of them have been. But other than that, that's all I have for the previous episode, misses, comments, and other stuff. Thank you for listening. Thank you for nerding out with me. Have a wonderful day.
And I'm going to end this by saying, Sivako, rise to the challenge. <laughs>